to the New Vine Lakes podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Steve Troyer and that as you listen, your faith truly does come alive in Jesus. Okay, Romans chapter 6. We're going to start there. Romans chapter 6. And I want to propose a question. Coming up to Easter, I want us to ponder this question for ourselves. Is my life marked by the resurrection of Jesus? Is my life marked by the resurrection of Jesus? Now, many of us would say, uh, I know the, the cross. I know what he did on the cross. My life has been changed as a result as to what he has done on the cross. My sin is forgiven. Uh, I've been set free. So now what? Romans chapter 6, we pick up the first part of an idea. Paul says, uh, verse 1, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? So here's this picture. When somebody goes under the water, they are baptised into his death. They're not asked to die uh, as Jesus did. Josh mentioned this morning, it's a a dying to self. So we we actually participate. We go under the water. Now who knows, a baptism would be a very terrible baptism if you just went under the water and nothing else happened. So there's another part to this, right? And so uh, we're baptised with Jesus. We say, We associate with his death. We understand that our sins have been forgiven. We've been washed clean. All of the symbolism of baptism. And when I was a younger Christian, I understood this. This was something that I knew to to go to the Lord and say, God, I recognise there are some things in my life that aren't quite right. And I need to bring it to you. I'm taking it to the cross. I'm surrendering myself to you but I knew very little of the next part when it comes to living out the resurrection of Jesus in my life. So what does it look like to live out of the resurrection of Jesus? Glad you asked. Let's look at verse 4. It goes on to say, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that... Note, in order that... What's the reason? Well, it wasn't so that you just have your sins forgiven. There is a second part to this. It's in order for something to happen. Let's read on. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too, can you read this out? May live a new life. Let's go to verse 10. Verse 10 says, The death he died, he died to sin once for all. Praise God. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And then next he says in verse 11, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Is this mic going in and out? It's not. Okay. Count yourselves dead to sin. What are we to do? Now to be alive to Christ. The whole resurrection of Jesus actually plays a bigger part than what we may realise in the way that you live out your life. 
some Christians get to the point where, or believers, they get to the point where they say, I've said the sinner's prayer. I know I'm going to heaven. One day the resurrection means I'll be resurrected too. But as for now, I'm just going to live under the grace of God. I don't know exactly what to do next. Let me tell you, Jesus never intended for you to stop at the cross. He never intended for you to have half a baptism. He intended for you to live and to live in all the fullness of Christ. Amen. Right, so we're going to have a look at a passage, John chapter 11. And Jesus is making his way towards the cross. He's uh, on his way to Jerusalem. He's been to Jerusalem a few times. He's retracted from Jerusalem for a moment because in chapter 10, they tried to stone him uh, because they said he blasphemed, putting himself up there with God. Meanwhile, as he's away from Jerusalem, some of his friends from one of the outskirt towns, Bethany, uh, they send word. Martha and Mary and their brother Lazarus are good friends with Jesus. In fact, they're disciples of Jesus. And Martha sends word to Jesus, come quickly because Lazarus is terminally ill. He's, going to, he, he's not going to make it. And she believed that Jesus could, and quite logically he can, heal the sick. And she had seen that before, so this was a very reasonable request. And Jesus pauses at the moment. We pick it up in verse 4. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. The Greek here is a little bit more in depth, it's more like saying this sickness will not be his death blow. It's, it's almost like saying he, he knew that he was going to be sick and die, but he wanted them to know it's not the final chapter. Does that make sense? This will not be the death blow. Then he goes on to say, no, or yet, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Two things. One, this sickness will not be the thing that, that grabs the glory. It'll be God who gets the glory. And by the way, just so that you know, the Son of God will also get the glory. It's almost like saying the same spirit of overcoming sickness, the same spirit of bringing life to this situation is not just in God, but it's also in Christ. He has the same spirit. You need to hear this because sometimes we view Jesus as one who knows the God of resurrection and life. But he's saying, no, it's the same spirit. So we, we move on. The disciples, they still don't really understand. But uh, Lazarus is about to die. And Jesus says, we're going to stay around here for a little bit longer. And he does. Uh, two days more, he stays in the town that he's in. And then he says, let's go back. And his disciples, they reason with him and say, Jesus, is this a really good idea? Because you almost got stoned last time you went. And this could happen again. There's a lot of unrest where we're going. But Jesus is determined. This is the will of God. We're to go. We're to go and uh, meet with Martha and Mary. And knowing that uh, Lazarus had died, that he was going to go raise him back to life. And so we pick up now in verse 14. 
So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Because he had said to them, he's asleep. It's kind of his way of saying both uh, he's dead, but also he's going to live. It's, it's kind of this mix of words. But then he, he lays it out, he's dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. So why? That you may believe. Sometimes we wonder, God, why haven't you come through in this circumstance the way that I asked you to or the way that I've seen you do in others? And what He's wanting to do in you that's more important than the answer to prayer is that you'd actually believe. It's the more important part. We say, yes, but I did believe in Jesus when I first became a Christian. But this comes down to your daily living. This is around believing in Jesus, that who He is and what He can do is just natural for Him to live out. We, we skip ahead to verse 21. Now He's with Martha He's, uh, before He meets Mary. And it becomes clear, uh, Lazarus is dead. Martha's upset, of course, and grieving Mary more so. And uh, she's not ready to come and see the Lord yet. But Martha says in verse 21, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She knew that for a fact. She knew who Jesus was. But I know that even now, interesting, God will give you whatever you ask. She has in mind, it is possible that you could raise him from the dead. Let's read on. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again, which is true. And you could take it two ways. One, uh, that Jesus has something in mind to do right now. Or secondly, that one day we will all rise again. And this was a, uh, a Jewish belief. In fact, if you go to the prophets, you can find it. It talks about uh, that at the end or the last day, that God will raise His own back to life. They will have an imperishable body. Amen. For all those who are old and groaning right now, you're going to have an imperishable body. Amen. There's some hallelujahs going on. Right? An imperishable body, one that does not wear out, a building that is for keeps, not a tent that is semi-permanent. And so you'll have a new body. This is true. And Jesus responds, or Martha answers in verse 24, I know He will rise again in the resurrection at the last day, which is true. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Not, I know the God of resurrection and life. I am the resurrection and the life. If you have Christ in you, you have the resurrection and the life living in you. Has He marked you? You have the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Then he goes on to say, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Now, he's not saying that you'll never die physically. But what he's saying is the moment that you place your belief in Jesus, eternal life springs up in you. You become a new uh, transformed life. You become a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Eternal life doesn't start when you are in the grave. Eternal life starts when Jesus is in your heart. Praise God. And you might think, well, hey, uh, I can't wait to get to heaven because I get a new body. Uh, I um, have, uh, you know, closeness to the Lord. I have um, heaven on tap. It's there, right? Uh, let me tell you, you have that right now. Why are you waiting for it? You can have it now. 
And this, this is heaven right now through eternal life. Jesus in you. He is the resurrection and life. You don't just know someone who knows the one who has resurrection and life. You know the one who is the resurrection and life. And you see, there are so many different things in our life, in our time where we're just like, God, I don't know how you're going to come through. God, that dream has been broken. God, how I thought it would play out didn't happen. God, I asked really nicely with all the right words like Anna did and you still didn't answer. Where are you in this? Where's my calling still? Where's my purpose still? Why have I hit all of these difficulties? Why is my health in the way it is? No, you know the resurrection and the life. Some people would choose to turn around there and say, well, maybe he just knows the resurrection life. What you need to hear this morning is he is the resurrection and the life in all of its abundance, in every way. So he goes, he goes to the tomb, asks him to, to roll the stone away. He's been dead for four days. He smells Jesus. Verse 41, So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Lazarus, come out. Lazarus comes out. He's still dressed in the muslin cloth uh, that they dressed uh, dead bodies in. Um, I don't know if that's like right around the head and all that kind of thing, but Jesus said it. Uh, unwrap him, right? Here he is, a dead corpse, now full of life, the breath of God, completely healed. Let me tell you, everyone heard about it. Those who had travelled from Jerusalem because it had been four days, they were there to mourn the death. Now they're there to celebrate the life of Lazarus. So much so that the Pharisees said, if it keeps going on like this, the whole world will follow him. And we'll lose our place. They became deeply jealous. Let me tell you, when resurrection and life marks you, it will transform you so much that others will say, what happened to you? Because the you that you are now is so different to the you that I was or that you were. I can tell you there are people here who, if they had time, they could tell you their transformation story. And there would be people who would say of them, who knew them before, they've totally changed the resurrection and the life. You need the King of Kings, the King of glory, the resurrection and the life. I'm going to finish with just a story and then one last scripture, John 5, 24, in just a moment. But this story, uh, we just heard in our life group this last week, the vicar of Baghdad. Was it a good story? Yes, the vicar of Baghdad. Some of you might have heard of him. Andrew White is his, his uh, common name, if you like. But he's no longer the vicar there anymore or the priest. Um, but Baghdad being right in the middle of Iraq. And he tells this story back in 2014. And he says, uh, it's, uh, it's not uncommon for on a Saturday night, the women will get together. They'll have a prayer meeting. And then they'll go to the hospitals and they'll pray for the sick. And many people get healed. And in fact, uh, when they go, on occasion, something miraculous beyond just the healing will happen. And uh, many of them are Muslim that are in the, uh, in the hospitals that they go to visit. 
They went this one time and a lady who had just lost her child was uh, being consoled by the nurses and they, they inquired what's happened for her and it, they found out that she had lost her child. The child had died that day. And they said, well, where is she now? And the child had been taken to the mortuary. And uh, so they, they asked for permission and said, can we go and see your child? We'd like to pray for your child. The child's dead. They go to the mortuary. They search through the fridges to find the child. They find the fridge that the child is in. They bring the child out. They hold the child close to their chest and they begin to pray. And before long, the child starts to cry. Back to life. They take the child to the mother. The mother begins to cry. Now two of them are crying. Because God's just done a miracle. Another time he said, uh, and he said this happens quite often. The doctors will say to a parent, in this occasion as a father, he's a Muslim again, uh, there's nothing more we can do. Go and see the priest uh, of this church. And in some ways they had heard that there had been healings, but also I think they were preparing him for the worst. So he comes and sees the vicar and he says uh, to the vicar, uh, they've, they've told me there's nothing more they can do. She's terminally ill, my daughter, and uh, I don't know what to do. He said, well, your child's going to be fine. Let's pray. He begins to pray. He says, I want you to just to claim the name of Jesus over your child as you drive to the hospital. Claim the name of Jesus as you touch your daughter and she's going to be healed. So he's driving to the hospital. He's claiming the name Jesus, Yeshua, in their, their local language. He gets to the hospital. They've told her, I'm sorry, your daughter died. Here she is under a sheet. He pulls back the sheet, touches her on the, on the shoulder and says, Jesus. She sits up, says, Dad, I'm hungry. Can I have something to eat? He goes back to the vicar and tells him what happens. He goes, oh yes, that's happened before. <laughs> he knows the resurrection and the life. You need to know the resurrection and the life. And I want to pray for you. And then we're going to get our kids to sing to you, okay? Or do something. They've got something in mind. Uh, so those in kids ministry, uh, I don't know, if Tam, if you want to just go let them know. Or here they are up the back. They're getting ready. So how about you stand? Let's pray. And I'm going to ask the Lord that, that He would just lead us as a church to really understand what it means to live for God in His resurrection and life uh, character of who He is, that you would know Him in that way. That as you come close to Easter and you ponder this question, that you'd find yourself not just at the cross, but also in the resurrection life of Jesus. And I just want you to, to personalise this for yourself. Uh, as I pray, just draw down from heaven. God, I need that resurrection. I need that life. God, that dream, that obstacle, that, that thing that I thought you were going to move in, God, I need that right now. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we're grateful that you didn't just send one who knew you, you sent your son who is full of your spirit, full of your life, full of your power, full of your resurrection life. Right now, Lord God, we recognise there are things that are impossible that we face as a church corporately, there are sicknesses that we've prayed for that we haven't seen a breakthrough in yet. Father God, there are situations where people are looking to their future. They don't know where the next job is coming from. Father God, there are dreams that have been dashed, things that we don't know the way forward in. We may even have lost hope in certain circumstances. 
right now, we just want to draw down from heaven. We want to lay our own efforts down at the cross. That's the surrender part. And we want to take up everything of what you've given us, your resurrection and your life. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and bring the transfusion of you, the the transforming work of your Spirit over every single person here, every single person who wants it, everyone who's drawing down right now, come and touch them. Come and overwhelm them with your life, your life-giving power. Come and pour out your love by your Spirit. Come and manifest upon them. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more resources or to find out what's happening in the life of our church, head to newvinelakes.com.au or find us on social media.